y'all, and welcome to the very first, the premiere, the inaugural episode of Etc. Etc. with Young Southpaw. That's moi, me if you don't got your French tongue on. And kicking it all off, guest-wise, is London's own Lily Ray. You may know her as the front woman of Fight Milk, or if you don't, you should really get on that, man. Their 2018 debut album, Not With That Attitude, was one of my favorite records of that year, and I still listen to it regularly. And now she's releasing an EP under the name Captain Handsome, out on Reckless Yes Records, January 31st. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to her, so without further ado, let's get to that. All right, so I'm here today with Lily Ray. How you doing today, Lily? I'm doing just fine, thank you, young Southpaw. Oh, that's good to hear. Now, uh, I've spent some time in London, and one thing I've noticed is that, like, the British and Americans, like, we have different words for things, and, like, these sort of discrepancies within the lexicon, you know? Like, for instance, like, your Mars bar is what we call a Milky Way, while what you call a Milky Way is what we call a Three Musketeers bar. But I mean, as far as I can tell, and I've, I have looked into this, there is no British Three Musketeers bar, right? I, mean, I don't even know what that would be. Well, we have one here called the Angry Slag. Um, I don't know if you have that in the States, but I think that's closer to the Three Musketeers bar that you're maybe referring to. It's, that, um, it's not very nice. It doesn't sound it's nice at all. No, it's terrible. Ouch. Ah, man. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not good. It's, it's all biscuit and... Um, that's kind of all you, that's its only redeeming quality, really. It's over pretty quickly. So that's, that's probably why no one's uh, importing them into the United States. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I think you've got a higher standard for confectionery than we do here. So along these lines, like recently you had to have surgery on your knee after a kickboxing incident. Now, yes, that's right, I did. Is this what's known as a cockney knees up? I guess it is. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that makes it sound like it's something I can be proud of. So, yeah, let's call it that. It's a cockney knees up. Excellent. Or it's a, you know, uh, just a cock up of my knees and Ooh. it all works. So how did it happen? I was trying to kick something that was too high up. I'm a very short person and it was too far away. Um, and I tried to kick something that was very high and the leg I was standing on, made a horrendous sound and buckled and then it all just swelled up like a zeppelin like a led zeppelin exactly you, like a led zeppelin were you listening to led zeppelin at the time i'm always listening to led zeppelin so what led zeppelin song like best describes the injury oh probably when the knee breaks well that all worked out perfectly then and and i read on your blog that uh that after surgery, like, you were all hopped up on painkillers and you came to to a, a nurse singing Boney M in the recovery room. I mean, was that like seeing the face of God? It was. It was like seeing the face of God and hearing the voice of God. And the voice of God is Boney M, um, which was not what I thought it would be. I yeah. Might, you know. And that's why mysticism is so confusing. Exactly. What Boney M song was it? Uh, it was, uh, there's a brown girl in the rain. Ah. Is that what it, is that what the name of that song? Or is it called something else? That's the only line I remember from it. Well, you did just have surgery. I did just have surgery. 
Uh, did, it, did it give you any ideas for, uh, you know, your musical projects? It gave me the idea to do a big morphine jazz odyssey. Um, but I found that the more lucid I became, the more that seemed like a bad idea. Um, and so I'm quite thankful to, you know, the less long-lasting side effects of morphine for preventing me from doing that. Oh, so you never actually got around to recording it. Like when like a, a Fight Milk box set comes out in later years, this won't be like a lost Morphine Odyssey track that like fans have been dying to hear. Well, um, I'll go back and check my phone just in case I made any genius recordings uh, immediately after coming around from surgery. But I'm concerned that what I might have judged to be genius might just be, I don't know, the sound that Phil Collins makes tinkering around in his shed. And it's not going to be fun at all for anybody. Now, Phil Collins didn't perform the surgery. No, he didn't. He wasn't around. Oh, okay, not at all. No cards, no, nothing like that? Absolutely nothing from Phil Collins. I'm really sorry to hear that, Lily. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Man. Thanks for nothing, Phil. Now, now, this affects you too because you, you also do roller derby, right? Yes. Yes, sir, I do. How'd you get into that? <clears throat> well... Uh, when I was uh, a whippersnapper of 23, uh, I watched a film called Whip It with Ellen Page, and uh, it was quite a formative experience. Um, you got these uh, mean-looking girls on roller skates uh, bashing the shit out of each other. Can I swear on here? Sure. Oh, they're it's bashing the shit out of each other, effing and jeffing. Um, and uh, I thought, I want, I want to do that. That's something I can do. I can. Uh, this is a skill I can certainly convince myself I've mastered um and so I joined Croydon roller derby and learned to skate and yeah Croydon was full of very frightening girls so it was quite an experience what was the soundtrack of uh, you learning to skate oh um there was a lot of uh, ooh, a lot of peaches a lot of bikini kill ooh. um just a lot, a lot of La Tigra a lot of Kathleen Hanna in general um you know, right, uh, righteously furious women. That sounds excellent. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's a genre we should all dip our toes into, and roller derby is a sport everyone should have a go at. Nice. Now, have you ever seen roller derby? I've seen Whip It. I don't mm. think I've ever seen it live, being played live. I oh, hear it's quite the thing. It's quite the thing. Now... It doesn't sound like it, I mean, at all, but I, I don't want to be presumptuous, so I figure I should ask you to clarify, but your new EP that you're putting out, it, this isn't your roller disco record, is it? No, this is not my roller disco record. This is my uh, uh, sort of slightly self-indulgent post-roller derby misery record. Ah, mm. that genre. Post-roller derby is a genre. It's... Um, it's going to be big next year. And you're on, you're on the cusp, on the big wave running I'm on, in. I'm always on the cusp. Nice. Are, are you going to make a roller disco record at some point? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a plan. Um, need to bring flares back first. And, but we've been trying for years. It's just not happening. We need to find the right figurehead for flares. And then I think it's going to be a lot easier to make a roller derby or sorry, a roller disco record. Who do you think the right figurehead would be? I've got a good feeling 
about Nick Offerman. I like it. I like it. Mm. Yeah. I think he's the guy. Now, speaking of injuries, the Mm. first song on the EP, Annalisa, the first lines are, Annalisa, I have a secret. It's burning through my skin. Now, Mm. I mean, I know artists, songwriters, poets, you know, sometimes use like metaphor and hyperbole. So, I mean, I guess what I'm asking you is like, is, is that what you're doing here? Or were you like literally having your skin burned when you wrote the song? Because I mean, that sounds painful. Yeah, it's just bad rash. Uh. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of ways you could look at it. You could uh, look at Annalise as a medical professional and you go into her with a, you know, a bad case of shingles, maybe a ringworm. Um, hoping that she'll keep your secret and help you sort it out. Um, I think a, probably a more metaphorical approach would, uh, you know, it to be like a bad secret, like, oh, um, I've got a, a, a special feeling and I don't want anyone to know and it's 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 eating me up inside, but that would be much too metaphorical and probably uh, over-academicizing the song, which is very literal. Okay. Because, I yeah. mean, yeah, burning, secret burn. I assume you'd be burning from the inside. You know, like that Bauhaus album, Burning From The Inside. Are you familiar with that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, burning with an apostrophe as opposed to a G. Excellent. Yes. But, but on, on that Bauhaus album, they had, that was, the single was uh, She's In Parties. And I was thinking, like, if you were to throw a party and you had, like, lead singers playing, like, famous authors in games of Connect Four, who would you pair against each other? Good grief. Lead singers playing famous authors in a game of Connect Four. Yeah. Mm, that's a, I get asked this a lot. Oh, um, it's okay. Um, it's always a pleasure to, to answer. I'd probably have um, a mugger for Robert Smith of The Cure. Mm-hmm. Um, probably against Helen Fielding author of Bridget Jones's Diary. Who do you think is going to win that one? I think probably Helen Fielding. Mm. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of interweaving plot lines that she needs to connect in Bridget Jones's Diary. And I thought, I, I'm, I'm sure that there's at least up to and including four of those. Whereas Robert Smith, I'm pretty sure, would only get as far as about uh, oh, three. Yeah. Like three imaginary boys. That's like he's stuck at three. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Three imaginary boys. That's actually what Connect Four was called before they told them to, you know, stop calling it that. I've heard that. Mm. The thing about Connect Four, it's, again, it's like with the candy bars. Like over here in the States, Connect Four, the grid is yellow and the discs are red and blue. But in the UK, that's... blew your mind, right? That's disgusting. <laughs> See, for me, it's the other way around. Like, what, is your grid red or is it blue? I, it's blue. not yellow. Blue, all right. No. It always puts blue. me at a disadvantage whenever I play, you know, on British soil. Yeah, it, I mean, I think I would find it quite upsetting to have a yellow grid. It, believe me, when I had a blue one, I, yeah, near <sighs> breakdown. Yeah. yeah. It's like yep. that Led Zeppelin song, Communication Breakdown. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think... The, the lesson here is that uh, everything is a bit like a Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So, Captain Handsome is the name you're going under. Now, how, how long did it take you to reach the rank of captain? 
<clears throat> well, I've been uh, I've been working on it my whole life. Um, uh, you know, I started as a, a pretty pretty much a bottom feeder in the in the handsome ranks. Um, but if you know the right people, you can progress pretty quickly. You know, uh, it's quite bureaucratic. You just have to jump through some hoops. Um, and I, you know, very much look forward to one day being admiral. Admiral Hanson. It's got a mm. nice ring to it. It does. You'd be wearing flares, of course, right? Well, if they've come back by then, yeah. Well, Nick Offerman really got to get on it. Yeah, please do. Please. So, I am not an animal. The, the songs from your EP, I am not an animal, and I wish I had a dog. Uh, yes. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. With the animal kingdom. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. Tell you about the animal kingdom. Yeah, why not? There are so many animals. Um, I wish I had a dog is about, you know, it's a, a pretty base level animal. It's, it's like my, my first animal for a lot of people is wishing mm. you had a dog. Um, but then it's important to, you know, when exploring the animal kingdom to remind yourself that you're not an animal, you're a human being. Um, and to always heed the words of the elephant man, because uh, a lot of people forget that he wasn't actually an elephant. He was a man. Um, and that's why I think I'm not an animal has resounded so strongly as a personal mantra. Excellent. Now, now do you have a dog again? Is this another metaphor song or is this quite, can we take this quite literally? It's very literal. I've got a cat, uh, that I don't like. Oh, and I'd much rather have a dog. How does your cat feel about the song? I don't think she cares. I think if she were capable of feeling anything, it would be spite. Um, her name is Tina. Honestly, I, uh, she's, she cares so little about my artistic output. She can't even bring herself to criticize it. So it's just a plea for attention on my end. So she's like Phil Collins. She's, it's been said. Yeah. They do look quite similar. She's a very good drummer, Tina. Ah, yeah. But, but she also sings. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have said that her solo stuff is just a kind of weirdly more commercial version of Peter Gabriel stuff, but you know, she's just a cat. She didn't know that. Now, another track on the EP, Halloween. Um, yeah. Now, Halloween and Valpurgis Noct, you know, on the other side of the year in April, April 30th, I believe, are supposed to be the days, yeah. or, like, or nights, I guess, you know, when the veil between the worlds is at its thinnest, you know. So this, did this mm-hmm. song, like, come to you from the other side, or is it like a communication to try and reach something on the other side, you know? Well, in getting that veil really thin, I like to get it as thin as I possibly can. So it's a lot easier for uh, the ghosties and the ghouls to come through and um, help me write songs very, very literally about Halloween. Um, <clears throat> I guess you could say it was a, a visitation from uh, the ghost of Mopey three-minute songs. Um, I get visited quite often by that ghost, and uh, you know that's why I like to keep the veil so thin. And every day can be Halloween if if you want it to be, and I hope that you do. Every day is Halloween. I like that. You know, it would yeah. encourage so much dressing up. You know, it would help bring flares back. It really would. It'd be very useful to me. Now, if you had a time machine, do you have a time machine? Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. So, <laughs> using your time machine, like. What musical moment, like in the whole history of the world, would you like to go back and witness? That's a very good question. Um, I think I'd like to go back in time to the exact moment 
that uh, Lenny Kravitz's dick popped out at a festival just to be able to say I was there. I mean, yeah, the people who can say they were there, they're, they've been dining out on that for ages, right? Well, yeah, as has Lenny. I do think that was one of the more magical moments in, you know, the, the history of, of modern music. Now, you were born after David Lee Roth left Van Halen, right? Oh, I'm yes. No, I, I, was, I was born a good half a decade after he left Van Halen. How do you think that has affected you as a person? Oh, um, I don't think it's just affected me. I think it's affected everyone I've come into contact with no, of course. since birth. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say it, but... Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I often find it very hard to concentrate. I'm prone to bouts of rage that I wasn't there, um, mm-hmm. that I missed that moment in history. Uh, I get... Um, I find myself jumping for no reason and can't stop. Now, this, this, um, this rage probably comes out more in fight milk when you've got, you know, electric guitars, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, I think that's, that's a great example of um, how David Lee Roth's departure from Van Halen has affected fight milk as, as well as me. So, As you said, it affects everybody. Yeah. No one escapes it. No one. So um, what are your plans for the future, like with this EP and what's going on with fight milk? Like, yeah, what's, what's 2020 going to bring? Oh, so glad you asked. Uh, Fight Milk, are, well, we are recording our second album. Um, we are going to drop a little single Ooh. Uh, in late March and hopefully have an album fresh to release into the, you know, into the world by October. We're going to be doing lots of affordable and reachable gigs uh, in the UK now that, you know, going abroad is basically out of the question thanks to Brexit. Um, in terms of Captain Hanson, um, I've got an EP that's coming out that you've heard. Uh, it's coming Very out good. at the end of January. Um, and similarly, I'll be doing <laughs> low stakes gigs where, uh, there's not very many people that can judge me. Excellent. Now with the Fight Milk record, I mean, they always say the difficult second album. Are, are you finding it difficult? I think there's a bit of a... A, a, a pressure to stop writing about being an angsty person in your early 20s because most of us are over 30 now. Um, and that, again, is a side effect of David Lee Roth's departure from Van Halen. I've been very inspired by the ongoing saga of Grimes and Elon Musk's relationship. And so there's going to be a good portion of the album dedicated to that clusterfuck. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really know how much the rest of Fight Milk are aware of how much of the album is going to be actually dedicated to that. Um, but I'll tell them after it's out, I think. What if they hear Maybe. this podcast? Oh, they won't hear this podcast. <laughs> but they might. I, I, I would hope that they thought I was lying. Mm. Now, that, 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 that subject, is that uh, what post Roller derby, with the genre of music we're talking about. Yeah, this is the this is this is post roller derby for sure. Oh. I'm endlessly. Uh, I just I just kind of want to know what they talk about. Um, you know what 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 do they do on waking up first thing? Um, what where where do their arguments end? When will they when will they stop? 
it's very exciting. I've, I've not been so invested in another person's relationship, possibly ever. I'm always really thrilled whenever there's any news about them. And then there'll be an album about them. And then there'll be an album about them. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to plug or say or anything? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got something I'd like to say. All right. <clears throat> so, I've been plugging my EP. Uh, it's called I'm Not an Animal. It's out on Reckless Yes Records at the end of January. I'm glad you listened to it. Uh, I appreciate that very much. Obviously, you're not an animal either. If you were an animal, what kind of animal would you wish you were instead of the animal that you were? Wow. Yeah. Whew. Man. I mean, my first thought is a dolphin, because I've always, I've always loved dolphins, you know. I like to swim, you know, in the clear blue water, you know. But uh, I'm also obsessed with the Chinese zodiac, you know. And uh, I'm a double dragon in that. And it should actually be a literal dragon, you know. I think would be fantastic. So in this scenario, would you be a dolphin that wished you were a dragon? Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of what we have to draw from what I said. You know, maybe if I thought about it some more, that's the danger of a dragon. We tend to overthink things. So when, you, when, you say, when you say you're a double dragon, what does that mean? Well, you know you, you have an animal for the year of your birth, right? Yeah. You also have one for your month your day, and your hour. Shut up. Uh-huh. You need a Chinese no. calendar to, do, to figure out the day because it's a cycle of 60. But, like, I was born in April, uh, which is the month of the dragon, and in the year of the dragon, so I am a double dragon. Oh, my God. Mind-blowing. <laughs> Send me your birthday, and I'll look yours up. I don't have my calendar on me right now. <laughs> okay. My birthday is the 9th of December, 1990. Let me know as soon as you can tell me what two animals I am. I'm so excited. That's the year of the horse and the month yep. of the rat, which are uh, <gasps> diametrically opposed to each other on the, uh, on the calendar. They are the opposites. That explains all my internal conflicts and why I love the Walkmen so much. Oh, that's right. And it's the year of the rat. I assume you've been waiting for this forever. Oh, yes. Been waiting for the year of the rat, basically for the last 12 years. Wow. Yeah, we got to listen to that every day. Oh, every day. Every day. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Lily. Thank you so much, young Southport. I hope you have a lovely day. Well, how about that? Episode number one down. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. If you're in London in February, London, England, that is, not... Arkansas or Ohio or anywhere else besides England, London, England. If, if you're there, on February 13th, Fight Milk is playing at Paper Dress Vintage with Slime City and Panic Pocket. And then Lily's doing a Captain Handsome gig at the Finsbury on February 14th. I got some more great episodes coming to y'all soon. This is going to be a weekly thing. If you like this, please, you know, rate and review it, all that jazz, you know, tell your friends, etc. And check out some more Young Southpaw stuff at youngsouthpaw.com. And here's Captain Handsome's I Wish I Had a Dog from the I Am Not an Animal EP out January 31st on the very fine Reckless Yes Records. I 
wish I had a dog I wish I had something that I knew how to love I wish I had a dog As soon as I wake up I follow you around till you shake me off I wish I had a dog I just realized I've been like this my entire life Especially at night And I wish I didn't care About your funny little mouth and your stupid hair I wish you wouldn't stare I wish I had a dog